When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to Car Stuff. Start your engines. I'm Ben Bolin. And I'm Scott Benjamin. And today we're going to do one of our favorite segments that ever recurs on this show. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because it's a chance for us to, uh, to prove that we actually read all of those emails that you send in <laughs> and Facebook notes and all that stuff. You know, the things that we just uh, sometimes don't have a chance to reply to, uh, you know, just writing them down and then sending it back out. We, we try to get to as many as we can. I mean, the ones that we do get to, I mean, obviously you can attest to that, but that's not everybody, and everybody doesn't know what's going on with everybody else. So yeah. here's kind of our opportunity to say, yes, we're listening. We hear all this stuff, and we do read every single note that comes through for us. You know, we all the Facebook messages, email notes, everything. We read it all. And it's not just listener mail here, and it's not just Facebook messages, uh, you'll also find in every episode of Nuts and Bolts some things that we think are fascinating, but maybe not enough to fill out an entire episode on their own. And, oh, let me tell you, some of the things that Ben <laughs> comes up with are hilarious, and uh, and we will, uh, I, I know for a fact that today is uh, is one example like that. So oh, thanks, man. At, at least times. one. There's probably more. I mean, I've got a couple of things that I want to mention, too, aside from uh, listener mail, but, um, man, I think uh, you've got one that tops me for sure. Oh, come on. We're a team. We're not, nobody's one upping. And if somebody <laughs> was one upping, it would probably be one of our regular listeners because you guys send us typically the best ideas. Uh, let's speaking of listeners, let's kick it off. You want to start with listener mail, maybe? Oh, let's do that. Now I'm going to read some of these. So some of them will get a little bit long, but you know what? There's some really good stuff in here. So, uh, let me just, uh, start with, uh, one from Jake Schneider. And Jake Schneider is from Westlake, Texas, and uh, he had a topic suggestion. I think uh, I think he's a relatively new listener, Ben, because here's what he says. He says, I, lo- I love the show, literally been listening to episodes back-to-back, eight hours a day, five days a, we- five days a week at work. Nobody can argue with me about cars these days, and with and, and I always win with the knowledge I've gained from the show. So he's, uh, he's, like, getting down to trivia questions or whatever. I'm not sure, but he's saying he's got a lot of knowledge that he's gained just from us, Ben. Yeah, not that's bad. nice. All right, so it says, anyways, I was sitting here listening to the Stance Car podcast, and, I, and through a series of random thoughts that really make no sense, and I honestly don't know how or why it popped in my head, <laughs> I thought about a car that I've always wondered about and been interested in, but have never seen in person and probably never will. 
Mm. Now, I always thought it was an awesome car, but I wanted to know a little bit more about it and what you guys thought about it. The car is the Vector, particularly the M12 Vector, and I'll leave it at that. Just hope to hear about it soon. And it says, oh, please feel free to drop my name in the podcast. You guys mentioned anything discussed because I don't mind, plus I can brag. Ah, <laughs> so uh, the Vector, he sent uh, he sent a nice photo of the Vector here, and it's an unusual-looking uh, sports car. Very, very cool. I've, I've read about the Vector in the past. And uh, the Vector Motors Corporation, so I told him definitely we're going to add this to our list, Ben. And mm-hmm. in particular, the uh, in particular the M12 version, because there was another one that we want to mention as well, but maybe can't focus on it as much. It's a car that went missing, Ben. There's a missing uh... car. We, we love the mystery of the missing car, right? And uh, there's a, a missing W8 Vector uh, that is maybe floating around the Volkswagen headquarters somewhere that uh, we can talk about later. Okay, so we'll do the Vector podcast later. Vector podcast uh, and uh, and the, mostly the M12 and also the M8. Or, I'm who, sorry, the W8. Who was that again? That was uh, Jake Schneider. Ah, uh, Jake. Well, thank you so much for writing to us, and uh, thank you for giving us permission to use your name. That just means we'll use your last name, too. And speaking of amazing segues, I've got another, not a story about a segue, Scott, but a, uh, a another, another, uh, Facebook message. I was hoping it was a segue. I just, I know I can always tell when I'm making a really just a, a rotten joke because you sort of shake your head, uh, and it reminds me of, uh, it's not quite as bad as those commercials where they'd have that guy dressed as Native American come out with the single tear. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was, the, concert. Uh, that was the Don't Pollute uh, yeah. campaign from the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And that guy was not actually Native American, funny story. I did not know that. Yeah, I think he's an Italian American. was someone uh, hurling a bag of fast food garbage out the window, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look it up online. You can find it there, I'm sure. I just feel the oceans of regret that you encounter that you have to sail through when I make a bad joke. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're not all bad. Oh, hey, thanks, man. Uh, so speaking of, where do we go? Segways. Yes, uh, Carl Abramson wrote to us, and uh, on Facebook he said, I'm listening to the mileage episode. I used to work in a Jiffy Lube-type place. Not only do you need to trust the shop, but also the actual tech. I know it's a lot like going to the dentist, unpleasant and much more expensive than you planned, but most people didn't treat us with much respect. Some did, and on some models, we could be really helpful, even though we were not real mechanics. If it was a common vehicle, we could tell people what to expect or what to really watch for. I know I tried to warn people when I saw stuff or even design flaws. Some cars can only be safely worked on cold, for instance, so if it's hot and the shop is busy, things might not get done as well. As far as mileage numbers, follow your own numbers. Modern oil is very good, but the guy selling it to you is going to tell you to change it more often. Often the oil filter is the weak link, so even if you can't change the whole thing, do the whole change, the few bucks for a new filter might well be worth it. Also, the viscosity of oil will really help with longevity. Not too thick, not too thin, given the weather and driving. Heat is a killer, but so is cold. If you don't get things warmed up enough to boil out the moisture, you can cause trouble. And he said, I love this phrase. A common finding in City Princess 4x4s was water contamination in the front differential since it never got worked and got hot. And since it didn't get used, guys wouldn't bother servicing it. And while all the while that water is causing damage. And finally, there's nothing wrong with saying thanks for the advice and going home to do more research on your own. A good mechanic will give you options, will understand if you don't want to do things right away. A really good mechanic will give you the priorities as he sees them. I turned away business on cars that needed service I couldn't provide. 
inside. You don't need an oil change when your tires are unsafe or if that oil leak is actually a hole in something. And my standing personal record for working on a vehicle between services, I did a first service on a car at 56,000 kilometers. That's over the interval by 10 times. Wow. <laughs> wow. A first service at that point. Yeah. And I know that's a long message, but I thought it was pretty interesting. You know what? That's very interesting. I, I love it when somebody writes in with kind of the inside scoop on what's going on. And yeah. this, this clearly is somebody who is uh, is on the up and up. This is someone who's reputable, one of these guys that you can definitely trust that does the right thing when, you know, even when no one's looking, which is the, the right time to do it, right? Uh, that's when it's, it's your character rather than your reputation. Exactly right. And I love to hear that. And he's not the exception to the rule. He's more of the standard, you know, the way that people, most people in this business are really. And you always hear about the ones that are kind of the crooks, right? Yeah. Because those are the ones that get all the attention, all the press. Right. So, yeah, the bad apples. Exactly right. So I, I love hearing notes like that. That's excellent. That's uh, It's really good to hear, like, you know, that he's genuinely there to help people mm-hmm. and to make things right. Now, can I tell you, there's, there's one here that I want to read yeah. right after this. Now, I'm going to do the other thing. I'm going to say, here's the exception. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So, unfortunately, <laughs> but then I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll twist it around after. There's two that I want to cover here right in a row. How about that? Yeah, it's, I'm screwing to the edge right. of my seat. Now, this is, uh, this is one from Adam C. here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm not going to mention Adam's full name here. Just Adam C. from Atlanta, Georgia. And he says, I wanted to write in about an oil chain story from my past. Now, that's again, not the typical experience, but these are the ones that sometimes you hear about. He says that I went in, and it was specific to something we mentioned in a podcast, and that's why I'm even mentioning this, okay? Uh-huh. I said, I went into a big-name oil chain shop to have routine maintenance, and at some point the technician came into the waiting room area and showed me a dirty air filter and did the whole deal about it needs to be changed, et cetera. You know, and, and he says, okay, sure, go ahead and do that. And the technician leaves to go change the air filter. What he didn't realize was that I had installed a cold air intake and had, complete, had a completely different type of air filter system on my car. So when I was presented my bill, I promptly asked for the manager and had some choice words loud enough that the other customers could hear the scam they tried to pull on me. Whoops. So, yeah, that's a big, big mistake. Now, why they wouldn't see that cold air intake and realize that? I guess it's just a usual thing. Now, he says, I enjoy your podcast. And uh, you know what? Let me let me just say something before I read this last part of this note here. Yeah. I want to say that, again, this is not the typical experience, really. This is more the uh, the the one that you hear about because you know it gets a lot of attention, right? Mm-hmm. This is exactly what's happening here. But these types of places, when they do, when it does happen, it chances are this shop is no longer open. You know, when when things like this happen, it's being run by somebody who has no has no uh, care or concern for its customers. Yeah, if somebody's out to make a fast buck and then to get out of town, and that's likely what happened already. I bet anything that place has either completely changed staff. Mm-hmm. or manager or whatever, or it's completely out of business. That's or, just what happens. Yeah, sometimes, too, uh, franchises, which run like their own individual businesses often, they just pay for the name, right? Yeah. Sometimes franchises can make a whole company look bad. Now, I'm going to go ahead and name a name just in response here. Okay. Um, we've all heard the huge stink about Just Breaks a few years back. You remember what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. And uh, that was the idea of the, oh, it sounds too good to be true, $99 brake job, mm-hmm. right? Which would quickly balloon and they would say you need to have your rotors fixed or replaced, excuse me, even if in some cases that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had heard horror stories of people uh, had, you know, being brought into the garage and shown their car completely, the brakes completely disassembled. And saying, you know, well, we're not going to put it back together for you until you pay us. Because it's unsafe. Because it's unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that is true, but those high-pressure sales tactics can give 
an entire uh, company bad name. It's just, it's to your earlier point, Scott, I'd make it even more specific. It's not just that stories about crooks or unscrupulous people are um, something more people pay attention to. It's that we tend to not remember when everything goes the way it's supposed to. Our brains just sort of skip over it. So a lot of times those guys or the ladies in the garages who are doing quality work and going above and beyond, they're the people that customers don't, I'm, I'm going to say it, don't appreciate as much as they should. True, because everything's working the way it should, and there's really nothing to nothing remarkable about it. It's just that that's the way that what they expected when they came in, and that's what they got. And they're not going to broadcast everybody that, uh, hey, everything went exactly as I planned during that last oil change. They're going to, if there's a problem, they're more likely to say, hey, I had a problem there, and here's what happened. Because it's an interesting story, sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, honestly, places like that just typically do not last very long. I think everybody knows that, that sure. lesson. All right. So let me just wrap up yeah, this yeah, with, yeah. And, and go to the next one because it leads right into this. Um, now it says that here at the end, it says, I enjoy your podcast a lot. Unfortunately, my wife is not as interested in car stuff. As I am myself. Now, if some, if only somehow you could do a joint podcast with stuff mom never told you, that would be quite awesome. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot, Adam. I appreciate it. And, uh, <laughs> this leads right into, you know, I mentioned, um, you know, Rudy Smith at the very beginning of this, uh, who writes in often to us, so kind of a super listener, I guess, from the very beginning. And, uh, Rudy wrote in, and this is interesting, Ben. And I, I'm going to tag this one onto this same note because, um, very closely related. Now, first of all, I guess I should say this. Uh, Rudy mentions in here that he celebrated his 24th wedding anniversary, so congratulations on oh, that. Oh, yeah, congratulations. And, I remember um, that. And uh, he may have recruited a new listener for us from the Smith family, and here's how he did it. And this may be of interest to Adam uh, from the previous <laughs> note. He says, um, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm finally getting to some of the episodes that I haven't listened to or, or you know, never finished listening to from way back to the beginning. And he says he really likes the Urban Legend podcast. You know, it's a lot of fun to do that kind of thing. Yeah. So he says, you know, a lot of them I, I recognize as old trucker stories, you know, that a lot of them are made up as they see an advertisement or have a conversation that triggers the idea, something like that. Um, but he says, I've heard a lot of really corny ones from truckers in the past. Uh, parts counter stories, because he worked at a, a car dealer a long time ago and he's heard a lot of these parts counter stories that we were talking about you know like with the uh the 28 ounce fuel pump or the uh the 710 cap you remember those yeah yeah, uh, yeah some of those those things he's really he said <laughs> he said honestly those really do come up just about every day and you have to really think about what they're asking for wow um and then here's the new new listener part he says by the way my wife uh, was with me a couple of weeks ago when we drove from florida to minnesota so a nice long trip uh-huh. And it says, she had asked if I had any good podcasts, and I said that I often played the Stuff You Should Know podcast as a diversion and a conversation starter during some of these long drives. Now, he says, when I turned on the stereo, the cursor was pointed at your Edible Biofuels podcast. Uh, hang on a second. Let's turn the note here. And he says, um, he's going to switch the directory to the Stuff You Should Know podcast because, you know, he knows that she likes those, but she said she'd like to hear the Biofuels podcast. So, you know, just... Out of curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, they tried this, and he said, we spent the rest of the afternoon on our 24th wedding anniversary listening to Car Stuff podcasts as they drove across the country. And he says, you know, they were they were typically the uh, the non-technical podcasts, like Urban Legends sure. and Dangerous Accessories, things like that, and she really liked them a lot. And he mentions here that cars are just appliances to her, so she doesn't have a, an interest in the technology part of it. But, you know, some of the other stuff we do, we do, we do a huge selection of topics on this show, uh-huh. obviously. I mean... You know, you guys have heard what we do in the past. Um, so Adam, that may be a suggestion is that, you know, get your wife to listen to some that are maybe not so technical, that are more of a, um, you know, 
kind of fun thing. Like we, we talked about, uh, the speeder cars and the, um, you know, the railway regatta and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, those are, those are fun podcasts. So maybe it's an opportunity to, uh, you know, to say, Hey, let's listen to this one together and maybe she'll become interested in the topic. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, shucks. Thank you, Rudy. Yeah. We're, uh, I think I can speak for both of us when we say that we are flattered. Yeah. And, uh, and always looking for new listeners too. So that's, uh, that's a big, big help. But, uh, yeah, thanks for showing her the light, Rudy. <laughs> showing her the light. Watch out, Scott. We'll get ourselves in trouble with that. <laughs> um. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. All right, so let's do something a little bit different here. Scott, I've got some weird museums for you. All right. Um, All right, so, you know, uh, you and I are big fans of cars and we're big fans of museums. Yes, that's true. And uh, we will, at the drop of a hat, if we can, ditch things to go to a museum. Uh, and remember that we said that. But uh, this made me think of uh, some of the odd car museums in the United States. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the U.S. has no shortage. Uh, I just wanted to read a couple to you. Sure. There's the International Monster Truck Museum and Hall of Fame out there in Auburn, Indiana. That is an interesting one. Have you ever heard of that? Because you used to live in Indiana. I have driven through Auburn, Indiana several times. I mean, there's an auction field there. There's also the Auburn Core Duesenberg Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I've never heard of that one. That's uh, that's really cool. They've got uh, they've got the very first Bigfoot. No way. Yeah, and uh, Beast and Goliath. So, listeners, if you want to hear more about that, check out our Monster Truck podcast. Where I think we also talk about 
uh, Truckzilla. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, was it Truckzilla or Carzilla or it's what? Carzilla. It depends if you're talking about the real life of the Simpsons episode. Oh, that's right. And I kept getting it mixed up. That's right. Yeah, you're right. A uh, Truckosaurus. That Truckosaurus. was it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. There's a, a mix up of names there, but yeah, it's, yeah. There's there's something to it. Uh, then there's the uh, Lane Motor Museum. That has just a quirky car collection out there in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, I was going to say, I think I've heard of that one. Listeners have written in to us and said, you've got to go to this one. It's really, really <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get up there pretty soon, actually, because the, this has a lot of foreign vehicles that a lot of U.S. listeners might not get to see, like cars from Aus- Austria, Czechoslovakia, the Netherlands. Uh, they even have a uh, they have Tata. <laughs> yep. And, uh, oh, they do really? Uh huh. No kidding. Yeah. They've got a 1978 T613, um, from a company that only made, you know, like a dozen cars. They have military vehicles from around the world, including, uh, micro cars to amphibious vehicles. Uh, and speaking of military stuff, Menlo Park, California, home to the Military Vehicle Technology Foundation. I want to see this. I love military vehicles. Um, they've got tanks, uh, armored personnel carriers, amphibious vehicles. Uh, they've got an on-site restoration shop, so you can go and see them actually fixing this stuff. Um, I'm going to switch down here to get a little bit weird with it, Scott. That wasn't weird yet. Here's the weird one. Okay. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Houston, Texas, National Museum of Funeral History. Oh, really? Yeah. So let me guess. Hearses. You are correct, sir. Uh, it's home to, uh, now this is not just a hearse specific place. It's a, uh, museum dedicated to funerals, which is a little bit dark, but they have an ins- impressive display of funeral vehicles all the way back to horse-drawn carriage days and up to actual cars that were used to transport presidents now, to their funerals. Now let me tell you, there's, there's, I've got this weird fascination with, with, Funerals and and mm-hmm. that type of thing. I mean, it's terrifying, but yeah. uh, but honestly, I've got some kind of strange fascination with hearses and everything around that industry. Yeah, it's very very interesting. So that sounds like a, a kind of an interesting place to go. Yeah, and you're the uh, you're the one who uh, hipped us originally to doing our first hearse podcast. Yeah, that's right. They're uh, they're really cool machines out there. I mean, really yeah. really neat, and they're they're so purpose built, so functional, so uh, um, utilitarian, but also they're very decorative. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got, you know, they've gone the other end of the spectrum as well. I mean, some are, some are very, very, um, straightforward Spartan. Others are just wildly ornate. And it's so weird that the people who would be the town carpenters would end up also being in charge of building these because, mm-hmm. because they, they were custom coaches. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, I thought you would enjoy that one. Uh, there's a, there's a county fire museum hmm. in, uh, in LA, uh, and there's 60 fire engines and equipment dating from the 1860s to today. Now, I would not expect Los Angeles to have the county fire exhibition. I don't know why. Maybe it's just a space issue or? Oh, it's, uh, I'm sorry. It's in Bellflower, California. Okay. It's LA County. Oh, so it's just outside of the main yeah, city yeah, area yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Um, and love fire trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I'm going to save. One one last one, uh, one for last, but there's also Cooter's Place in Gatlinburg in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and I, I don't know if listeners know this, but um, I'm from Tennessee. 
I have a, a city boy reputation I'll never be able to get rid of because I committed the grievous sin of being born in Nashville and not Appalachia. Oh, boy. I know. What were you thinking? I don't know. Look at me walking around like this. Jeez, the nerve. Anyway, if you like Dukes of Hazard, you can go see um, you can go see the two museums for Cooter Davenport, and there's one in Gatlinburg, and there's one in Nashville. This has a lot to do with uh, Cooter's Garage, right? You remember right. The, the mechanic? Yep. That's yep. Right. Okay. The Nashville one has his tow truck, uh, Daisy Duke's white Jeep, uh, and Sheriff Roscoe's legendary patrol car. Can I tell you something that's just sort of related? Yeah. The other day, you and I were on a little uh, field trip from here in the office. Yeah. We went somewhere. We were doing something, which you'll, <laughs> which listeners will find out about soon enough, right? But... um. I stopped stopped off to get fuel on the way back, and I stopped. Uh, this is a place that you don't want to stop to get fuel, Ben. It was uh, it was near the governor's mansion, and uh, you know in that area of the city, a little pricey for the fuel. But while I'm pumping the fuel, guess what pulls up to the stoplight right outside of the uh, out of the gas station? What the General Lee? Someone driving a General Lee car wow. pulls up to the stoplight. <laughs> you know the Charger, yeah, and um, pulls up right outside. And I took a couple of really bad cell phone photos of it while I was standing at the fuel pump. Mm. And I was thinking about posting them, but they are, honestly, they're so bad that I didn't even want to put them up there. They were embarrassing. Yeah, it's tough to get a good shot. I took three photos of the same thing. They all look the same, and they're all terrible, so I didn't post it. But I just figured I'd mention it anyways because it's related to this whole thing. But how often do you see one in real life? You know, you're not going to a car show where they're saying the General Lee's going to be there. Mm -hmm. I was just pumping gas, and here it is. Man. Ah. Yeah, the coincidences, because we, uh, especially living in the area that we live in and doing the show here, we see quite a few cars that you would not, the average person probably wouldn't ever see in real life. It happens, yeah. Like and we've seen- A lot um, of exotics. Yeah, and we didn't know, I didn't know at least, how rare the Oscar Mayer Wiener car was. We were talking about this to uh, one of our coworkers. But there are only there are only a few, and one of them was in Atlanta for the longest time. Yeah, and it seemed like we would spot it all the time. We had a deck here on our building, and uh, we would sometimes see it traveling down Peachtree Road right in front of our office. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'd, I'd see it on the highway occasionally, you know, passing me or whatever. It was really strange to see that. It was a great time to take a break at work. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the la- very last one, and this is maybe not that odd. But I have a personal kind of grudge about this one. All right. And that's the Don Garlitz Museum of Drag Racing out down there in Florida. Oh, what's your personal grudge? We've My talked personal about grudge is that I haven't been inside of it okay. in years. So every time in recent memory, since I could drive, Scott, when I've been driving down there, I've been with someone, I'm not going to name names, who has a huge problem with stopping to go to a museum. You and I have the exact same problem because I've been down there, I would say, since I lived here in Georgia, which is about, yeah. um, I want to say it's approaching seven or eight years now. Mm-hmm. I've driven down there many, many times because, you know, it's not, it's not more than a day trip down to the Orlando area. So it's a, right. it's a frequent stop for us. Yeah. And, um, as we drive down there, we go right past it every time. And every single time I think, why didn't I plan, you know, two or three hours even just to stop in there on the way and see this thing? But there's never that time. Don Garlitz is a legend, dude. <laughs> I, <laughs> sorry. I, I know, and it's right off of the highway. It's and on the main drag. Occasionally, you'll see dragsters pulled out of the building where I don't know if they're starting them up or what, Ooh. you know, if they're going to do a little test run, a little burnout, whatever they're doing. Yeah. But that's enough to entice me to want to pull over. And every time I mention it, you're right. The exact same thing happens. Like, 
Well, you know, we have to be home at uh, 5 p.m. for this event or whatever. And we just, don't have time. Yeah, that's right. We don't have time for that right now. So, uh, uh, man, it's frustrating. I, we need to make a trip just for that, and it's not that far. We could make it. We could do it. Yeah, we could do it easily. So one day, Mr. Garlitz, we're going to get out there. Um, okay, so that, that wraps up my museum piece. All right, I got a couple real quick that we can go through some listener yeah. mail. And uh, here's one from a new listener, and we always love new listeners. Uh, this is one from Nick from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And Nick writes in and says, love the show, been listening for about a month now. Okay, so he says he's, uh, I think he says I binged on about 100 shows so far. Mm. <laughs> can y'all, Thanks, Nick. he says, and I remember Chattanooga, Tennessee, he says, can y'all do a show about the Enzo Ferrari? And he says, oh, 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 a show about the man himself as well. So not only the vehicle, which is really cool, but also a show on Enzo Ferrari himself, which I think is a fantastic idea. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so Got to have Lamborghini in that story. Yeah, exactly. So, Nick, <laughs> thank you for, uh, thank you for listening to, uh, listening to the show and also for, uh, coming in with a, a great idea. Yeah. Uh, also, let's see. Let's do another one from a guy named Mark from Indiana. And he says, I've been listening to some of your older episodes and I've noticed that the time frame you use in the podcast doesn't always match up with the release date shown. For example, the car, in the car today, I listened to the episodes uh, why doesn't everybody drive on the right and the Gumball 3000 rally? Yeah. They have release dates of 6-5-2012 and 6-7-2012, respectively. But you guys mentioned the year is 2009 in the episodes. Mm-hmm. What gives? And I'd hate to think that there are episodes out there that we don't have access to because of some glitch. Either way, keep up the good work. I'll listen to what I can get. Mark from Indiana. Now, I've got a good ex- um, answer for you here, Mark. Yep. We were in reruns for about a year mm-hmm. uh, where the show went away. And then, you know, somehow, I think there was a sponsorship deal that came through or something like that. We came back and uh, we've been doing it ever since. So there's a short time, you know, short relatively, I guess, because we've been doing this since 2008. And uh, there was a block of time where we were off the air for, I would say, a solid year. And then we were able to come back and we've been doing it for a couple of years now uh, since then. But there are many, many episodes there throughout that year, you know, where we had to run repeats, where we weren't sure if we were coming back. And then we eventually did. So... Um, you know, everything recently is brand new. Everything at the beginning was brand new. There's just that one period of time where, uh, you're doubling up on some. Right. Yeah. There is not a glitch in the matrix. The world is fine. Yeah. So Mark, and I think, you know, the reason I read that out loud is because, um, I think a lot of listeners have similar questions, uh, you know, some of those, uh, some of, some of the weirdness that comes up when you when you do a, a keyword search, maybe in our RSS feed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, we appreciate it. It's, it's weird when we think about how long we've been doing this show. Uh, but, you know, it's unique, kind of like the Maybach Accelero. Ah, uh, yes. You showed me this one before we came in here. Yeah. A photo of this car. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's sleek. It's a, uh, it's a callback to, uh, some old classic car styles, you know, like, mm-hmm. 20s, 30s, maybe? Maybe. Maybe 30s, 40s. The proportions on this car are so unique and so mm-hmm. distinctive. I mean, you would not mistake this vehicle for any other vehicle on the road. I mean, it's clearly, it's clearly a one of a kind. Yeah, it was uh, built uh, for a company called Fulda Tires, and it was using the car as a reference vehicle to test their new generation of wide tires. And uh, it's an interpretation of the Maybach Maybach uh, streamlined sports car from the 30s. So, uh, but you know, Maybach had some recent vehicles, some modern vehicles, and that's what this one is based on, right? I mean, I think they chop one uh, an existing Maybach up 
in order yeah. to make this because I can see those lines in the car, right? But they're dramatically altered. Yeah, it's got a. Uh, it costs around eight million. It's a seven hundred horsepower Hold four on. seater. Hold on. Yeah, you can't just skip over that number <laughs> like that. Eight you, million. Eight million dollars yes. to build this car. Yes, the person who owns it now is uh, is a rapper named Birdman. Oh. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Birdman owns the $8 million Maybach. Now, what? I, I think I cut you off for the horsepower. What was the horsepower on this uh, car? 700. It's a twin-turbo V12. Not bad at all. And no. honestly, this is one that you have to see to believe. It's beautiful. This car is really, really cool looking. Yeah. And you found it when you were looking up a different topic, right? And I don't know if you want to yeah. go to this right now or you not. You want to jump into that one? Let's do it because this is where this came up is when Ben was searching chic cars. Yep. And not C-H-I-C. S H E I K H, uh, the sheiks, the, uh, the oil wealth of the Middle East. Uh, we often hear about, um, you know, the world's tallest building being the Burj Dubai, the, uh, incredible opulence of that area, right? For yes. the people who are in, uh, in the oil business there. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we started thinking, well, what about car collections? Um, 
surely if you are a chic, you would have a good car collection. And, and, you know, Scott, you and I had already done an episode before on all these abandoned, uh, these abandoned exotic sports cars. Yeah, we did. And, uh, you know, there's some truth to that. There's a little, there's bit. a little bit of truth to that. And it goes back to people skipping town before they go in debtor's prison. Yes. But, uh, with with all this stuff, we actually we found a great article that has just a photo gallery of the car collections of this guy called the Rainbow Chic. Oh yeah, that's right. You showed me the Rainbow Chic's cars. Now, honestly, Ben, again, I know I say this often, but you have to see these cars in order to believe them. The Rainbow Chic, his collection, is definitely not what you would think that it would be. No, it's a it's kind of a uh, there are no limits on the creativity as well as the price tag. So he has these, he, he got the name the rainbow chic because he has seven Mercedes S classes that are in different colors. Yeah. And when we say in different colors, it doesn't mean the body. He painted the Chrome, the wheels, everything, the is interior, the interior is that color. If it's, if it's orange, everything is orange. If it's green, everything, everything. is green. And he's got all the colors of the rainbow. Right, and then he has what what we think is a what, what do you think a Fiat, Scott? I think it's a Fiat, but I I can't be sure. I'm not, I can't tell from the photo. Yeah, he's got one. He's got a couple of cars that have rainbow paint jobs on them. Yeah, so you can imagine how that looks. And then uh, there's a lot of them that have uh, rainbow pinstriping and yeah. rainbow leather interiors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just bizarre. This collection is really bizarre, but that's not the strangest thing in his collection. And I, I'll tell you what I think is the. The okay. strangest thing in his collection. There's a there are a couple things he has that yeah. would seem like would would seem like stuff that you might just expect one of your well, one of had, your friends to well, have. Well, he had a he had a replica of the Benz uh, patent wagon. Yep, which is really cool. I like that one. That one's pretty neat. But he has a lot of minis. He had some Volkswagens. He had a Doom buggy. Right. Um, yeah. He's got you know that crazy little Fiat that you mentioned there. But maybe the thing that stood out to me the most, Ben. Now, oh, you know what? Yeah, before you get to before it, before I get to it, go ahead and tell tell me what you. I found. just want to say that he also has uh, he also has a car that just has some great Star Wars artwork on it. He's a fan of Star Wars, I guess, uh, and it looks like it wouldn't be out of place at your local high school. Ah, uh, could be. Yeah, that's right. Uh, like a, it looks like airbrush Star Wars art all over it. So, what do you think's the weirdest? The weirdest thing. Okay, now this isn't the weirdest, but he's got a he's got a Dodge Power Wagon. Yep. But, yep. But the photo shows parked behind the Power Wagon is another Power Wagon that is eight times the size of a real Power Wagon. And when I say eight times the size, this thing looks like a you know those giant mining trucks. Ben? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those huge mining trucks. It's like a giant mining truck that's made to look like a Dodge Power Wagon in every way. It's, I'll say it's pretty awesome. I, I think this is really cool. Now, I haven't seen a full photo. I can only see the front of the vehicle, but I'm going to search for this and see if I can find a full photo of it. Yeah. But it's enormous. Another thing he has that I think might interest you is, I'm sorry for the shuffling papers here, Scott, but I wanted to show you that he has a Lamborghini LM002. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the, uh, the Lamborghini SUV that they made for a... A very short amount of time. When was that? The, the 1990s, late 80s, maybe? It was like two days. Uh, the Rambo Lambo, <laughs> I think is what they called that. You remember? <laughs> yeah. I worked for a guy. You know, I did landscaping a long time ago. Long yeah. time ago. Yeah. And we worked for a guy that was one of the, like, in, the, in on the ground floor of, do you remember the Vic Tanny line of uh, of um, exercise clubs? Yeah. Vic Tanny? Yeah, yeah. He was, like, one of the founders of that company, I think. He lived right there in Michigan in Cranbrook, in the Cranbrook area. 
and he had one of those. He had a, a Lambo uh, SUV, and it was the only one I've ever seen in person mm-hmm. to, to date. And I mean, that was probably, oh my gosh, I want to say that was uh, 30 years ago. That's a diamond in the rough, yeah, my friend. That was. It was uh, 25 years ago, maybe. It was a long time ago. Do you have uh, some more listener mail? You want I do, yeah. I got some we can go through kind of quick here. How about that? Um, okay, here's one that's a suggestion uh, that I think we've already covered. His name is uh, Chris K. out of Holland, Michigan. And Chris writes in and says, uh, what about Stanley Steamer cars or steam-powered vehicles? He was talking in particular about police-powered, uh, steam-powered vehicles, which I had never really thought about or heard of. Because uh, usually we talk about, you know, just the civilian versions, I guess. And, right. Uh, but he said steam car technology, but we've actually done steam car technology, uh, Chris. So, you know, the, I guess that's good news. You can go back through our RSS feed or something like that and find it. It was in early 2012 that we did a uh, complete episode. And I think, oh, you know what? Not 2012. It was 2009. There's that weird glitch again with the, um, you know, the repeats coming up. Oh, so, yeah. So yeah. uh, we did that back in 2009, I believe. That was when it was first recorded. Um, let's see, another one here, a mm-hmm. uh, new show idea. Oh, good. This one comes from uh, Jordan, who writes in from Toledo, Ohio, Jordan S. And Jordan wrote in about, um, I think he's writing in actually initially about the um, the stance car episode, and he sent in a photo of his uh, really cool um, S10. He's got a, an S10 that uh, is a stance vehicle, really uh-huh. nice looking, a blue vehicle. And he also wrote in and said, I love the Jeep podcast as well. And consider the Japanese Z car, uh, the beast of the 1990s that still looks relevant today from the Nissan, you know, which was the Nissan 300ZX. Um, so definitely we'll put the uh, 300ZX on our list of potential topics. So thank you, Jordan, for writing in and sending that uh, nice photo, by the way. I appreciate it. And we got one other nice photo here that I want to mention and yeah. uh, and a bit of a plug, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. All right. So um, this is a, uh, a friend of the show, an old friend of the show. And, uh, Ben, when I say his name, this is the... Glenn Beck. Oh yeah. Hey the, Glenn, how's yeah. it going? The Glenn Beck and and it's not the uh not the guy on television. It's no, it's the, like our Glenn Beck. Yeah, this is uh this is the Glenn Beck, the one that listens to car stuff. Mm-hmm. Um not that other guy. All right, so um Glenn writes in and he writes in a lot and you know, I appreciate that. He says I've never thought of myself as a stance car guy, but maybe so. And he sent in a nice photo of the uh the Team Limer mm-hmm. um Mustang GT. And if you're not aware of what Team Limer is, maybe you haven't heard our um Charity Road Rallies podcast right. because we talked all about it in that, and I think we featured uh, Glenn's vehicle in that. You know, the kind yeah. of uh, a case study, I guess. That was Glenn's suggestion, I think. Yeah, that's right. And he's got a 2006 Ford Mustang GT that's green, and he's got it all, you know, stickered up, you know, for these rallies that he participates yeah. in. And uh, it does have a really nice stance. It really does. It's a good-looking vehicle, and, uh, and I wrote back and told him so. Uh, but he's with a group called Rally North America, and that's what I'm. I guess I'm going to plug them right now, if you don't mind, because they do. Excellent work. Um, RallyNorthAmerica.com is where you can go. And I think they just finished a big event, a big rally. Uh, the latest event is a, was a five-day event called the CJ Pony Parts Rally US 50 2014. That's a long title, but it just wrapped up. I mean, it, the cause that they were giving to the, the charity that this benefits was for the Accelerated Cure Project for Multiple Sclerosis. And uh, this event went from Martinsburg, West Virginia, all the way to Pueblo, Colorado. Whoa. So this is a big one for them, and it just wrapped up. I'm not sure, you know, the standings, how everything wrapped up or whatever, but um, thanks for writing in, Glenn. I appreciate it. And uh, as always, the uh, Team Limer Mustang looks great. Yes, and uh, we do actually refer to you as the Glenn Beck to separate you from uh, – I guess there must be some other guy named Glenn Beck, uh, but I some, don't know. He may do a small radio show or something. Yeah, maybe it's like, I, I don't know, one of those – 
Something like that. Yeah, and probably like a comedian or what, something. What else we got for us, Ben? Uh, let's see. I just want to name some more Sheikars uh, briefly. I just want you to know that somebody also bought a white gold Mercedes-Benz SLR McLaren. You're telling me that it wasn't enough to just buy a Mercedes-Benz SLR McLaren. Well, they, yeah. they have the body constructed out of white gold. Look, man, you don't want to be driving around a palace in a busted... SLR. That's okay. right. Who needs that carbon fiber crap? I need mine made of white gold. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, let's see what I've got here. Um, I wonder what that does for weight. I wonder, I wonder how heavy white gold is compared to carbon fiber or the uh, composite materials that those things are built out of. Well, you know, there's a reason that it's not, that we're not seeing it on racetracks around the world. <laughs> I would guess so, yeah. <laughs> so our buddy, uh, Joshua F. wrote to us on Facebook said, I just listened to the Mileage Milestone podcast, which people responded to pretty well. Oh, definitely. Two of my three four-wheeled vehicles have over 325,000 miles. Not bad. There are 2001 Nissan Xterra and a 2000 Chrysler uh, 300M. Both have automatic transmissions. The Xterra has four-wheel drive. He got the Xterra new in 2001, so that's 325,000 miles since 01. Uh, he got the Chrysler used in 07 with uh, 90, 90K. Wow. Okay, that's uh, some serious mileage on those vehicles. Yeah, and he goes into detail. He's got some pretty good um, accounts of the... He's got some pretty good accounts of the mileage mm-hmm. uh, and the maintenance. So he's matching up the maintenance to the mileage and how he kept his car going, because that's something that we asked about. And unfortunately, I think because we're a little low on time, I can't read the whole thing. Uh, But I think I might read. I think I might come back to this in a different episode and read a little more of it. Sounds good, because that uh, that maintenance is so critical in making these things last, you know, 300 plus thousand miles. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's good. That's good lesson to learn that, uh, you know, keep up with stuff like that. It'll it'll last. Oh, and for the record, he's got a third. He's got a third vehicle. It's his wife's 2009 Chevy Suburban, about 90K. Uh, he calls it the kid and stuff hauler, and it serves as the family truckster for future vacations and trips. Wally World, here we come. The kid and stuff hauler. Sounds like, uh, you know, the, the, the bread and butter wagon. <laughs> yeah. Know, things like that. Hey, let me just, I'm going to mention one thing here before I, I I'm going to quickly go through some email and we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll wrap this up fairly soon here. But, um, I just want to mention this and I, I see this all the time around here in Atlanta. And this is the only place in the world, Ben, that I've ever seen this. What's that, that? that? Tell me if you've spotted this elsewhere, and I'd love listeners to uh, to write in and respond to this. Because oh, this is Stuff Scott Sees. It is. A little bit of Stuff Scott Sees. All right, so I don't know if this flies anywhere else in the world, if this is legal. But here in Georgia, you'll often see people driving down the road with uh, a, a new car or a new used vehicle, I guess, new to them, with a piece of cardboard. It looks like they ripped off of, uh, you know, like a pizza box top or something, you know, like a rough, rough, rough torn apart. You already know where I'm going with this. Yeah, I know. And they will take a black marker and they will write on it, tag applied for. Yeah. And that's it. And that supposedly <laughs> flies as your, as your, your license plate. Into, now ta- we call it tag here is a license plate. And that's right. not, that's not the same everywhere. So tag is license plate. Yeah. But it says tag applied for. And that's it. And half the time it's misspelled when I see it. And it looks just, it looks like hell, Ben. It looks terrible on the back of the car because the way people do it. But is that really legal? And I don't even know if that's legal, but I see it all over the place. I would think that the second that a police officer sees that on the back of a car, they would pull that car over immediately and check them out because what's to stop anybody from driving around with that on the back of the car for, for five years? Yeah. So, uh, 
I mean, other than that, the ink will run on the on the piece of cardboard. You have to replace it every year. It's funny that you say that because I've seen I've seen this happen often, and uh, I always wondered if it was just something restricted to Atlanta. Now, I'm sorry for the rant. I really am. I, I apologize if it's if it's offending anybody in our audience or whatever. But I, I just have never seen this in any other part of the world except right here. Do you, do you know? Uh, I don't think that it holds any weight to the point that you just said. Now, it's true that there can be a waiting period when somebody applies for a tag, right? right. I understand that, but what's the, okay, so most dealers, even, even a, uh, a fairly small used car dealer on the corner lot will be able to provide you with a printed, uh, license plate That's you know, that, what that it is, resembles yeah. a license plate that says, you know, temporary tag and then have the dates on it. This is not even close to that. I'm, I'm yeah. literally talking about like a pizza box top that's been ripped into <laughs> shreds yeah. and it, and scribbled on, you know, with a, with a tag with a, applied for it. a Extra Sharpie cheese. marker. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. It's so strange. And I just wondered if anybody else out there has seen this, done this, you know, how legal is this? Well, there's a, there's an interest. It's interesting that you say this because there's a story from 2011 in Madison County, Georgia. And it said those tag applied for signs on the back of cars don't hold much weight with cops anymore because House Bill 1005 during the 2010 legislative session uh, said that all vehicles purchased in Georgia from any source other than a registered car dealer must be titled and registered within seven business days from the date of purchase. Okay, so you got seven days to have that uh, that silly One sign on the back. week. It used to be a 30-day registration period, and you're right, Scott, a lot of people were trying to get around the law by just saying, oh, my tag will just be forever applied for. Well, I appreciate you giving me this uh, this instant answer. I mean, God bless the Internet, right? Right. But, um, but the thing is, I wonder how many people are still – Evading the law by by you know just using it a lot longer than so many than seven days, right? and they're I mean, and they're getting caught too because oh. if anything, it's a reason for a police officer to pull you over, mm-hmm. uh, even if somehow it's legitimate, or even if you're even if you're in a car accident and your license plate was lost in the accident, and you're applying just for a new copy of your license plate. It's still a reason to stop and check someone because the chances of that being legitimate in Atlanta, candidly, are very low. I would be so cautious about using something like that in the back of my vehicle. I mean, I really would. The uh, The temporary tag is, is hinky enough for me. I probably wouldn't even feel comfortable driving with that. But uh, but that's a bit more legitimate looking. Isn't, uh, Scott, isn't, isn't Atlanta also the first place where you saw – the little pull string to hide somebody's license plate? No, that was in Michigan. That was, that Michigan. was in Michigan. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, that's going way, way back. Yeah, yeah that's uh, oh man, we'll talk about that later, maybe. All right, all right. So let me uh, just quickly buzz through some listener mail here, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, please. All right, and I'll uh, I'll shorten these. I was going to read a lot more, but um, I think we'll we'll uh, reduce it here. Now Reggie writes in on Facebook, and Reggie wrote in and said, uh, "I've got a show idea. You know, he's listening to the Stance Car Podcast." Um, he says, I just want to know what your opinions are of the donk style. You know, so donk cars. Yeah. Uh, he says, personally, I hate it, but, uh, to each his own. And I agree. <laughs> we will, uh, I feel the exact same way you do, Reggie. But, uh, you know, donk cars, maybe, maybe we can do a podcast on that. That'd be kind of fun, I think, actually. Um, and also, you know, another quick idea here from Reggie is the check engine light or, uh, the codes that come up with a check engine light. Ah, good. And yeah. that's a sticky situation to get into. I don't know if we'll really get to that one or not, but, 
Um, he was dealing with a particularly frustrating problem with his vehicle where, you know, the codes that were coming up on this vehicle he was trying to service, a Mitsubishi vehicle, um, the service department was saying that the code that comes up online doesn't even recognize the part it's talking about. So uh, very understandably, um, you know, frustrating situation oh, for Reggie yeah. to be in. I, I, I feel for you, man. I hope you got that all straightened out. But uh, we'll we'll consider doing the Donk Car Podcast. Um, another one that comes in from Martin G uh, via Facebook is, uh, may I suggest a topic? What is a sports car? And I feel like yeah. we've talked about this, but I know we've done muscle car. We've done, uh, you know, other things. Pony like car. Off-road vehicles, yeah. things like that. Yeah, pony cars. Good one, Ben. And um, I think, I feel like we've talked about sports cars, but, you know, he wants to know, does does having just two doors make it a sports car? How about two yep. seats? Uh, what about the two plus two configuration? Does it have to be fast? And then he's got it in parentheses, Mazda Miata, because that's not, you know, <laughs> most people don't consider that fast, but they do consider it a sports car. So that's a great point. It really is. So, um, I don't know. That's a great idea. We'll, we'll consider doing the, uh, the sports car podcast. I, I promise, Martin. We'll put it on the list and see what comes up. Yeah. That's one of those questions that sounds, sounds a little bit vague when you first ask it, but then becomes increasingly interesting. It pulls you in. It really does. Yeah. There's a lot to it that, uh, you know, when you come, when it comes down to classification, some people are real purists about it, and others are a little bit more, uh, you know, loose with the information. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, fast and loose with what they call a sports car versus what really is a sports car. Okay, another one here from uh, Brian S. And uh, Brian doesn't say where he's from, but Brian says, you mentioned while talking about aerodynamic modifications, the manual grill opening. Uh, but the Chevy Cruze has used that technology uh, with an automatic grill opening exactly for the purpose of aerodynamics. Um, and then he also mentions... You know, we had that podcast that was uh, called One More Thing. Uh-huh. Kind yeah. of along the lines of this podcast, <laughs> right? But he says you should rename this episode segment as if that weren't enough, because you guys are always saying we didn't have enough time to get to it. I know it sounds like I'm poking a little <laughs> bit of fun at you guys, but that's because I am. You guys are great, Brian S. So thank you, Brian, Thanks, for Brian. writing in. We uh, we understand. Yeah. Uh, that makes me laugh out loud, because um, I was thinking some of the same stuff. Well, we, you guys, we walked out of the one more thing episode with more things. We had a lot more things that we didn't get to. And we said, well, we'll maybe do another podcast. <laughs> Just the way it works. Yeah. What, who's next? So much trivia. Okay. So, um, this one comes from Jeff D out of Barrie, Ontario. He wanted to mention the Manic GT that we mentioned in the 10 cars you probably haven't heard of podcast. And he says that his brother-in-law, who has uh, passed away now at this point, unfortunately, he says he bought one, a white one, at an auction house not long ago uh, for a fraction of what... Oh, actually, it was a long time ago. It was 1977. Uh, he bought it for a tiny fraction of what I imagined it to be worth because it was such a cool-looking sports car. Yeah. And uh, he says he always felt like he was sitting on the ground when he's in that car because I think he said his uh, his dad always drove Bu- you know great big Buicks. So he's accustomed to these giant vehicles, and then you get in the little Manic GT. It's completely different. <laughs> he says, I love the no-nonsense, bare-bones simplicity of the car and the raw engine sound that came from behind me as I, as they were driving. So, um, I don't know, it's just a really uh, cool thing. He said, you told me more about the car than I ever knew, so I hope that helped. That's good. Uh, the other thing is he, he has an idea for a show, Ben, and uh, we may or may not do this one because we're not sailors as well as we're not motorcycle riders. Um, he says that he'd like to hear about yacht racing, and we have sort of uh, attempted this in the past, but let me tell you, it, it never made it to air. It never. It's the one episode that we 
actually gave up on. It is the only episode, the history car stuff, where you and I looked at each other across the booth and said, we are not doing this yeah, right. This uh, this isn't working. We just don't know enough about this topic. Even though we've studied and read about it, you have to have that experience. He says that, you know, here uh, Jeff is saying, you know, I've had a couple sailboats for several years now, and he, he races uh, he still races for a friend on, on, you know, these other boats that are competitive and successful and stuff like that. But, um, to, to learn about them and to understand really what's going on out there, you really have to be someone who's out on the water and doing this. And, uh, you know, it's something that Ben and I, it's just too, uh, it's too, uh, distant for us. We just, we just can't grasp it until we actually do it. So maybe you and I should get out onto Lake Lanier and, and give this a shot, Ben, and maybe we could do our uh-huh. yachting podcast. Yeah, maybe we can, this on will a, finally be the time. On a small scale. Well, that be on our, talking about our little, uh, what are those, sunbird, is that, or sunfish? Yeah. Uh, uh, the little tiny sailboats. Oh, yeah, yeah. If we yeah. can master that, Ben. If we can master that, who knows? Maybe then it's the, uh, you know, the, uh, America's Cup race. The world's our oyster. Yeah, maybe. All right. So maybe we can finally get to that sailboat. Scott, are we wrapping up? Uh, I think we're wrapping up. Yeah, All probably, right. Uh, we've probably gone through enough. And there's, you know what, let me tell you, there's another whole stack of, of ideas here, but we are getting to them. I swear we are, uh, we're listening to them. We're, uh, we're, we're reading all of your, your responses, all of your emails, all of your Facebook posts, your Twitter posts, uh, your tweets, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. reading tweets as well. Um, and we want to give a big thank you to Jake, Rudy, Adam, Carl, Chris, Jordan, Glenn, Josh, Reggie, Martin, Brian, Jeff, Nick, Mark, and of course, the Rainbow Sheik, uh, for this, <laughs> for this great How podcast. How can you forget the Rainbow Sheik? And we're going to have to look up that, uh, that eight times the size, uh, in power wagon. Yeah. I yeah. really, really want to see that again. Um, and listeners, uh, do yourself a favor and check it out if you have a few spare minutes uh, when you're not driving. Don't look at it while you're driving. And the Maybach Accelero. Or Accel- yeah, what yeah. was the name of it? Accelero. Accelero, yeah. Accelero, yeah. Uh, maybe mispronouncing that. Uh, but we are always here to listen to some more car stories. We hope you guys enjoyed our latest Nuts and Bolts episode. We'll be back, as always, with more car stuff in the future. In the meantime, hit us up with new ideas. You can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, and you can send us an email directly. We are carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. 
What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.